0: Hello, I'm Don Shelby, and this is Earth Intelligence News Break, a short podcast episode covering breaking news on climate and nature. In his first act on the day of inauguration, Joe Biden signed 17 executive orders, and the one we're focusing on today was the rejoining of the Paris Agreement. In his inaugural address, President Biden said, quote, a cry for survival comes from the planet itself, a cry that can't be any more desperate or any more clear, unquote. He engaged the battle to, quote, save our planet by getting climate under control, end quote. Biden's predecessor, former President Donald Trump, announced a pullout of the United States' participation in the Paris Agreement in June of 2017, and the divorce was finalized November 4th of last year. By executive order, it will take only 30 days for the U.S. to rejoin the Accords. Biden also took aim at the Keystone Pipeline and has ordered to withheld a key permit for its continuance. Senate Republicans have already lined up against that move and against Paris, but he will also have to deal with Justin Trudeau of Canada, who favors the Alberta-to-the-U.S. Gulf Coast Pipeline. On the environment, Biden ordered agencies to counter a spate of Trump policies protecting nature in Utah and Alaska, energy conservation for home appliances, endangered species, car pollution, drinking water, toxic chemicals, and moving liquefied natural gas by rail. Cabinet selection approval for Senate is running far behind normal pace. Joining me on News Brief, of course, is Joe Robertson, the founder of GeoVersive, Citizens Climate International Director and Lead Strategist for the Resilience Intel Climate Smart Finance Initiative. Joe, welcome to the podcast, but I would like to also say that it is not as simple as the U.S. rejoining and walking in the room and seeming to own the stage. The 190, the 200 countries who are signatories to the accord are going to say, put up or shut up. What are you bringing to the table? What guarantees can you give us that the U.S. is going to follow through on holding the line at 2 degrees C above pre-industrial levels, 1.5 It's all the better.
1: Well, Don, thank you for that breakdown of the events of yesterday and the importance of the U.S. coming back into the global climate action process. Uh, I would say that's where the power of this move is. The U.S. can show leadership, can reset expectations, and can catalyze actions from other countries. This is also where the power of the Paris Agreement itself is, because before the Paris Agreement, it was only the historic industrial polluters that were bound by international agreement to work to end climate change. Now, all nations have a commitment to put forward nationally determined. Contribution. So they determine the nature of that contribution. But that contribution has to work towards the elimination of climate forcing pollution, the elimination of climate change, and it has to get stronger periodically and consistently. There's no backsliding. And so the U.S. coming in and showing leadership, showing that that is the way things need to go is going to be good for the U.S. It's going to be good for the rest of the world as well. It's true. You can't just show up and have a meeting and let it be done. The U.S. has to do something. Our nationally determined contribution has to be much stronger. The Biden administration has said it plans to put the U.S. on a path to net zero emissions by mid-century. That's where we need to go. It's one of the most ambitious commitments in the world, and it can be done by the federal government, by business, and by communities, by innovators and inventors, but it's also going to need legislation.
0: In his portfolio, and I would presume he'll be an important part as the envoy, that John Kerry will walk into the room and have a briefcase full of pledges of some kind, government pledges and pledges from various industries. But it's going to be tough to try to catch up with the significant moves that China has already been making, even though it's still overly reliant on coal. Its promises have seemed to be among the world's leading promises in the reduction of CO2. Well, in terms of sheer scale,
1: China's promises are important because China is now uh, the world's most polluting economy. So the pathway to zero is going to entail far more emissions reduction there than anywhere else at this point. The Biden administration's position is actually... A faster timeline to zero. But you're right. It's It has to be more than just commitments. What the private sector might do, what banks might do, what different government agencies can do, all of them to try to steer the ship. Those are all part of the overall process. But I've what I find promising is that the Biden administration is putting together an all-of-government approach. You have climate Uh, The climate portfolio touches every cabinet agency, and there are people in those agencies and in the White House that are aware of this, that have been put there to recognize and to act on this. And what, what that is going to do in the international process is it's going to set, I think, in many ways, a whole new standard. It's true that the U.S. has to catch up to Europe and has to catch up to China. China is doing a lot of manufacturing. They're selling a lot of renewable energy technology. Europe is the leader right now in terms of the overall climate policy agenda, uh, both within its borders and internationally. The U.S. has catching up to do. The way this is being set up is, I think, almost ideally designed to leverage all of the elements of American influence to essentially move the world forward, get the best deal for the U.S., and and help other countries accelerate their transition to a climate-smart economy.
0: It's going to be very important to make the case back home domestically to Senate Republicans and to House Republicans that we can do these things, meet the promises of the Paris Accords, and at the same time create jobs and boost the economy in the United States. Can that be done?
1: Yes, there are already more renewable energy jobs in the United States than there are fossil fuel jobs. And fossil fuel jobs are declining while renewable energy jobs are increasing faster than any other sector. Wind and solar installers and technicians are the two fastest growing job areas in the United States. President Biden said during his inaugural address that, you know, we've learned a painful lesson about what happens when people lie. And he said, each of us has a duty and responsibility as citizens, as Americans, and especially as leaders, leaders who have pledged to honor our constitution and protect our nation to defend the truth and to defeat the lies. And it is not true that acting on climate is going to be bad for the economy or bad for people. It's not true that it's going to lead to job losses instead of job creation. The truth is it's going to be good for people. It's going to make it easier to have a healthy society, make it easier to have a prosperous society, make it easier for wealth to be distributed among the people, to have a strong middle class, to have robust, diversified local economies. All of those things are part of the climate transition. And just as a reference, it's also not true that damage that you don't see immediately where you sit does not exist. And a great example of that, of course, is covid we can't even see the virus. The people who first experienced it had no idea how far it would spread. And yet it's now everywhere in the world. The ramifications of decisions uh, can have terrible consequences in other places. And the idea that a few people want to make money from the Keystone XL pipeline, for instance, while they generate all of this harm and cost and damage that everyone else has to absorb, not just now, but for generations to come, it just doesn't add up. The math is is frankly very bad math. Uh, we're entering a period Period where we're going to talk more about how, again, all these different elements of what a nation is, how a nation builds its future, have to do with getting this question right.
0: Thank you, Joe. This has been a news brief from Earth Intelligence. Thank you very much for joining us. Joe and I will be in Glasgow in November of this year, and we will be reporting live and on podcast back to you who subscribe to this. So tell your friends, Uh, get on social media and let people know that you can stay up to date on news briefs and you can learn a lot in the extended version of our podcast with Myra Jackson. Thank you very much for joining us.